Welcome to the 31st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Nando's hot sauce food scientist, Adrian Pinter. How are you, buddy? General Kenobi, I am quite well. Thank you very much for asking. It is lovely to hear from you this week. It's been a while. It is lovely to hear from you. Lovely indeed. Thanks. Has it been a while? Has it been a while, or has it been exactly one week? Because we only talk onside this podcast so correct because we don't talk outside of it so we can only talk onside of the podcast but yeah it's been uh, it's been one week exactly how's your week been it has been okay oh okay well uh thanks for asking about my week it's been pretty decent i had a little vacation a staycation as you would say just took a week off been relaxing playing a bunch of video games watching some stuff Made a lot of food. Do you want to know what I made this week, food-wise? Uh, I would love to know. Okay. Just like right. I would have loved to know how your week has been, but you didn't give me the moment to ask. So I literally gave you like 10 seconds, and you're going to edit out that pregnant pause, I'm sure. There was no pregnant pause, because it was an uninteresting pregnant pause, I might add. And, uh, and it doesn't deserve to be in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And you're going to edit it out and pretend that you were sp- that, that pretend that I didn't give you any time. It's an unpregnant pause is what it is. Ugh. Anyways, I made a bunch of food this week, so I'll start. I'll make this quick, as quick as possible. Monday through Friday. Here's the menu. Monday night, I made uh, some lovely chicken cutlets Ooh. with a delicious roasted tomato and garlic risotto. Oh my. Arguably the best risotto I've ever had and ever made. Ever had and, and ever ever made. How how is that possible? Like have you eaten a lot of risotto in your day? I've eaten a good amount of risotto in my day. You're really bragging hard here. Well, man, hey, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna undersell it. It was it was fantastic. It was delicious. The flavors were fantastically combined. It was it was it was good. It was really good. I loved it. I loved it. Um and then to top that all off, I also made ratatouille for the first time ever. Best known for its role in the Disney Pixar movie, Ratatouille. Wow, Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, but it's pretty good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can ever make it again. It's just too much work. And like, I, I don't really love all the ingredients. Like, I'm not a huge eggplant fan. I don't love zucchini. Like, I like them enough, but it, I wouldn't go out of my way to eat these, uh, eat the majority of the ingredients. But uh, altogether, it, it, it is a good dish. It is a good dish. Anyway, so that's Monday evening. Taco night, Taco Tuesday. Let's is, stop uh, you right here. Let's just let's just point out how much of a picky eater you are. You don't like bell peppers. Let's just let's, I'm just and now you can continue. Okay, I just wanted to. Throw I don't like cooked bell peppers. And mind you, there is bell peppers within this ratatouille, and I still ate it, and it still tasted good. But it's you just have a very a specific taste in food. What do you mean a very specific taste? Well, there's lots of food you don't like. Yeah, I don't like, yeah, like everyone. I think everyone is a relatively picky eater. I don't love the taste of cooked bell peppers. I'll eat them raw in a salad. I like them whoa, like whoa. that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everyone? Like everyone? What do you mean? Like, I'm not picky. I'm not a picky eater. Oh, you'll just eat fucking anything. There's nothing well, that you don't like. Not anything. Like, I mean, I'm not going to eat a piece of paper. 
but you'll 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 eat every kind of food. There's no food in particular you do not like. I yeah, I don't think there's anything that I don't. I mean, it, there's badly cooked food, like badly made food, that I'm sure like that. That's just everyone agrees. You know, you go to a restaurant that's a one star review, people don't like it. I might not like that as much, but I I would eat it potentially. You know, unless it was like had rat poison in it or something. You know, well. Well, I'll try everything, but there are things that I just know I do, do not enjoy. Like, I don't like the texture of mushrooms. I, I like the taste. I just don't really like the texture of mushrooms. Again, I don't love cooked bell peppers. So I, I would rather not eat them. But again, I think everyone has their preferences, Simon. Everyone has their preferences. Yeah, it's true. I, I find that I wonder if the the influence of, you know, only being able to eat half the ingredients has made you such a good, uh, good chef. But what do, what do you mean? It's like a backhanded compliment. It's like you're such a good cook, but you only eat half the possible ingredients. That's you- not true. I, I I literally made ratatouille, and again, I don't love like half the ingredients in that. There's cooked bell peppers, there's eggplant, there's zucchini, but altogether, it was a good flavor. It was good. It was a nice combination of flavors. Again, yeah. I'll, I'll taste things. I'll eat. All right, well, let's move on. What what else did you eat? What else? Taco did you make? Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, baby. Get to Taco fairly Tuesday. Tuesday. Jesus Christ. Kept kept it fairly simple. You know, made some uh, steak tacos, made some uh, ground pork tacos. My mom doesn't love beef. So made some uh, ground pork tacos for, you know, your typical salsa, sour cream, chopped vegetables, uh, guacamole, baked beans, you know, just all around, all around good taco from home. Soft shell tortillas. You know what I mean? Yes. Do you prefer a soft taco or a hard taco? You know, I don't know that answer to that question. Uh, both are great. Yeah, I'm easily a soft taco person. I like a like a decent hard taco, but they it just shatters. Like they just shatter. I don't think tacos are meant to be crispy. I I like crispies in my taco, but I don't want the shell to be crispy. What do you mean you you don't think they're meant to be crispy? They're not. They're not. What do you mean they're not meant to be, though? Like the hard shell tacos are obviously meant to be a crispy texture. That is. Yeah, I'm just saying though, but tacos in general aren't meant to be like crispy. Tacos deserve to be a nice soft tortilla. You have your ingredients, you pick it up, you bite into it. I don't know. Hard shell tacos, not a fan. Not, not, a, not a huge fan. I'll have them, but I would much rather have a soft shelled taco. Okay. And I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that. Anyway, so taco night, pretty damn good. Wednesday, Wednesday. What did I make on Wednesday? Damn it, I already forgot. Spaghettios. No. Lasagna. No. no. That's uh making that tomorrow with my sister. Ah, uh, god damn it. I forget Cake. what I made on Wednesday. What did I make on Wednesday? Oh, uh I made uh smash burgers, homemade smash burgers, beef patties with um some sweet potato fries, oven baked sweet potato fries. Made a nice chipotle mayo, some burger sauce. Uh, you know, had the topping sliced, made buns from scratch, some nice white buns from scratch. That was a little bit of a process, but it, they, they they turned out quite well. So that was Wednesday. Thursday was just a basic app night. Just had a bunch of appetizers, finger foods, delicious things of that sort. And then yesterday, which was probably one of my favorite days of making food and just of my vacation, made sushi um, hmm. at home. Interesting. Well, sushi rolls. There's a uh, fish market called called Coddle's Catch. It's in Kitchener, Ontario. And they have sushi-grade salmon. So I actually bought some sushi-grade salmon Friday morning, bought some uh, 
you know, I, I bought a, some sushi rice. I bought like the sushi roller pad thing, some seaweed, um, all that sort of stuff. Made some California rolls, made some crispy salmon rolls. Yeah, yeah, that was it was just really fun. They turned out really well. They they looked awesome, just like takeout. Delicious. That I, I'm definitely going to make sushi more often. I would recommend to you to try it out because it's honestly not too difficult. Tell me, Adrian, what makes uh, salmon sushi great? I don't know. But all I do know is that uh, you can buy sushi-grade salmon. All right. I assume it's just like the freshest salmon. I, I don't know what makes it sushi-grade. I genuinely don't know. But uh, they had sushi-grade salmon, and it was good. And uh, that's what I made this week. It was pretty chill otherwise. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Sushi-grade fish is the term given to fish that shows it is safe to prepare and eat raw. Sushi-grade fish is caught quickly, bled upon capture, gutted soon after, and iced thoroughly. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how great this source is. It's www.kobejones.com. I don't know what that is. It seems it's a kind of blog, but uh, it, it doesn't seem uh, it does seem like a well written piece there. So let's just move on. Uh, yeah. Anything else you do this week? That's it. Just uh, uh, making food. Yeah, man. Bunch of video games. It was pretty relaxing. Much needed break. I just realized you just talked for eight minutes about food. This is not a food podcast. I don't know if you knew this, Adrian, but we're actually a film and TV podcast. Yep. I, I just mentioned this because, you know, the audience may not know that. Now, after, you know. <laughs> after this amount of time. So that's it, actually. That's our show, guys. Thank you for joining us. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah. On, on podcast services like Amazon Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Google Podcasts, not Google Play Podcasts because that doesn't exist anymore, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, other podcast applications. iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts. And now let's move on to show corrections. We've got a couple show corrections. One is actually from me specifically just clarifying something. We talked a little bit about uh, Army Hammer being a uh, a cannibal for the last two weeks. Um, there's a there's like a whole controversy with the idea that Army Hammer, the actor, might be a cannibal, and I thought it was kind of ridiculous. But there's some weird things going on. Uh, for one thing, um, I don't really understand this, but anyway, Army Hammer also left the movie about the making of The Godfather, which I just think is it's called The Offer, and I feel like that that has some serious potential to be, you know, put. Army Hammer, not that he's a not well-known actor, but I feel like he'd be way more on the map with that movie. Maybe that could be like Mank, which was extremely well-regarded this year and could win several Oscars. So I thought found that very odd. And then the other strange news that seemed to come out about this situation is that the Call Me By Your Name team up of Timothy Chalamet and Luca Guadagnino, who is the director of Call Me By Your Name, the movie, um, Army Hammer was also notably in that movie. Those two, though, Timothy Chalamet and Luca Guadagnino, are making a cannibal love story called Bones and All. Apparently, that just came out. The movie didn't just come out, but that that uh, idea of them making a movie just came out. Like, it was just announced, which I find a little weird and coincidental. Wouldn't you? Definitely. Definitely. It's really odd. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if they decided to make this movie just because of the news to fuck with Army Hammer. I doubt it, but that would be an awesome, awesome prank. It's pretty odd timing. Um, no, I think they've been working on this for a while. 
I, I think this is something that Luca Guadagnino has been working on for a while, and it's. Uh, it, I feel like it could have been Army Hammer in Timothy Chalamet's role, and it would be, uh, yeah, it, it would be timely, even even more timely. I just find it again odd that he's leaving all of his projects. I understood leaving the first project with uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Shotgun Wedding, because he was leaving his kids behind to go to the shoot in Dominican Republic. I find this a little bit stranger that he's leaving the the offer Godfather movie. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah, that is odd. It uh, goes against his original argument that he just couldn't bear to be without his kids during this initial cannibal accusation time. But I imagine the offer was going to take place after the Dominican Republic movie with Jennifer Lopez. Um. I said Jennifer Lopez. I apologize. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Yeah, uh, it's good. It's, I, I did not do that on purpose, but I always say Jennifer Lopez because of the one episode in South Park. Anyways. Alrighty. Um, did you have any other corrections from last week for last week's episode? I do have a correction though from last week, Simon. Ooh, what is it? So I was taught, we, we both uh, spoke about the movie um, One Night in Miami which is a fantastic movie. And uh, uh, one of the characters in that movie is Malcolm X. We spoke of how the movie takes place in 1965. And then I mentioned that uh, Malcolm X died, you know, just a few months after the movie itself is uh, set to take place. But I mistakenly said the year 1995 instead of the proper year 1965. So I just want to correct that. But yeah, that's all. That's my only correction. Cool. Cool. Wait, one night in Miami took place in... 1964, not 1965. Yeah. Oh, maybe you're right. And then he died in 1965. I just wanted to correct that because it sounded like you said something inaccurate on the correction you were making. Ooh. <laughs> I just want to make sure it's, it's accurate. What are you laughing at? You made the, the worst blunder in the history of our show here, and you're laughing at me? <laughs> Come on. All right, let's move on now. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And longtime listener Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us, and he said, Dear disembodied voices, you're talking about actors and actresses you don't like. They're all actors. There is zero reason to use gender titles on this or pretty much any profession. Do you have a male-female specific label for your doctor, plumber, lawyer, or any other artist? I've joked for decades that the only reason the Academy Award still sticks to this title is so that male actors don't have to compete with Meryl Streep for a Best Actor Oscar. I presume Elliot Page would be able to win both Outstanding Lead Actor and Outstanding Lead Actress for the Emmys this year, since they too use this outdated convention. In all seriousness, with growing awareness for gender identity, it seems backwards for society to still have the word actress, as if how you identify someone affects your acting ability. That being said, the actor that I don't like is Amber Heard. Beats me why. Signed, Kenneth, and he's got a quote here. Maybe slavery has been with us for centuries because of the inclination to maintain economic systems geared more toward commodifying human existence than developing its spiritual, creative, or scientific potentials. Such commodification instantly erases any recognition of humanity as a priceless value unto itself and reduces individuals as well as entire races or a specific gender to a bargain-priced other. A uh, quote by Abergiani. Okay, this is an interesting one. Um, but, uh, this is an interesting email from Kenneth. Kenneth usually keeps it light, but he seems to be diving into the, you know, the, uh, the, the social 
controversies we fa- we face in society, which is kind of interesting. Uh, what do you make of this uh, email from Kenneth there, Adrian? I mean, I guess that's like a fair thing to point out. Uh, although, like, I don't know. I think since the movie industry itself still uses it, I don't think it's wrong to continue using it. That's my personal take on the matter. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to differentiate gender. And I think we need to be more comfortable acknowledging that. Not everything has to be a like gender identity issue and, and just an issue uh, for the sake of it. Because realistically, I don't think this is derogatory in any which way. You know, there are emperors and empresses, etc. Uh, that, you know, those are still words we use. Um, Ken did list examples where you know, uh, list examples that don't have gender based words for them. But in this case, I think, I mean, it definitely does. So I don't know, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's really much of an issue. I think it's okay to acknowledge that there are actors and that there are actresses. And that's how the movie industry is based. And, you know, it's it's funny that he mentions that Meryl Streep would probably win <laughs> um, best actor every single time if uh, they did have that. Um, like if they did fold it all together. And I don't necessarily think he's wrong in that statement because she is arguably the best, you know, actor slash actress of her time. Um, But yeah, personally, I just don't, I find it kind of a non-issue. Like I I think there's obviously issues that we need to focus on and we shouldn't necessarily waste our time on such minute issues things like this. I, that may have come off a little bit wrong, but I, I, I just think there's so much more important things to focus on that we shouldn't waste energy to argue about, you know, semantics like this actor versus actress. That's my personal opinion on it. However, I do definitely respect Ken's take. Uh, I definitely don't think it's wrong uh, by any means. It's just, I would rather spend energy focusing on actual issues of like sexism and you know, discrimination as opposed to using the words actor and actress. Yeah. Interesting. Like I, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think like the interesting thing about this is that there's still a disparity um, between like the number of actresses in leading roles versus actors in leading roles. If you actually look at the percentages mm-hmm. um, and that alone should be the reason why the Oscars still separate the two categories, because if, if you're gonna do it evenly, the the number of opportunities, if you if you just had a best actor and you had a female, male, transgender, non-binary, whatever you want to throw into that category, every everyone basically, every human acting uh, individual, every human actor, that it's gonna cause a little bit of a disparity because you you have this large number, this large sum of male actors, and you have not as many female actors. And so does it become fair in that way that they're like, that's a problem in the industry, arguably when there's a movie like Ghostbusters or a movie that's female led, people always point it out. They don't mention when there's a male led movie. It's because again, it's more rare, which is unfortunate and it needs to change. But arguably, I don't think this helps uh, if you throw them all into one category for the Oscars. I think it's, it's still okay to separate. He does make a good point though with Elliot Page. Now that is the thing mm-hmm. is Elliot Page identifies as non-binary. So what in this which category does he land in? And uh, that's the the question. Would he go for best actor um, or best actress if he's starring in another movie coming up? 
And the cool thing about the Academy Awards is that they actually stated that you can actually choose which one you want to uh, identify in, which category, because you're you're choosing if you want to be up for a nomination, you kind of have some choice there. It's not like they're just choosing you out of a bucket of movies that came out. They they The reason why you get nominated is also because you put your name forward to say, hey, I, I want to be considered for this. So he can choose. And so that's good, but you're still kind of identifying in that way. And that's problematic potentially. Again, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one, but uh, yeah, as a functional reason, I was thinking that people actually have an emotional range. It's based on their experience. A female's experience is different than a male's experience theoretically, because I mean, we are not the same. That's, that's factual. And a trans- transgender person is not the same either. The experience is in the performance. It actually matters how you perform um, or, or matters to your experiences to actually how you end up performing because of your experience. I wonder if that's a reason that potentially that they should be separated. I don't think it matters though. And you're right. Again, Meryl Streep would probably sweep because she's incredible. I just don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question, I think. But I get, I agree with you in that. Is this important enough to really care about? Is it discrimination to have these two categories separated? I don't think so, honestly. I, I really don't I think that this is a, a really a huge issue. The Redskins being in the name of a football team, that's an issue. That needs <laughs> needed to be adjusted. You know, like how is that? How did that exist until like a couple years ago? Like when did they change that name? That's ridiculous. And that needed to be changed. I don't think that this, this is more of a, not so black and white scenario that I don't think you need to really be offended by, if that makes sense. But the non-binary situation is not solved. And that is going to be a question I think will, I mean, keep appearing more and more over the next few years as they continue to push equality for award shows uh, or in Hollywood specifically going forward. So it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think something more important to focus on would maybe be like, why are there so much less female-led movies as opposed to male-led movies? I mean, obviously, it's probably just because of how the market works. And unfortunately, uh, movies starring males probably tend to do better in most cases. I mean, obviously, we have uh, outliers like movies like Captain Marvel and things like that, you know, which made over a billion dollars and all of that stuff. And, you know, Wonder Woman, which made a crap ton of money. But I think that's almost the more important issue to focus on and see if we can kind of adjust that and have more female-led movies. Yeah. Interestingly, too, like Ken mentions this thing, you mentioned it too, but like the professions that don't have gender titles. There's professions in the industry itself and there are awards for those professions themselves for instance, best editing, best uh, best music composition, and uh, best sound editing, best sound mixing, best There's cinematography, etc. Best direction, best director. Those those categories are not gendered, and there's a reason for that. But the problem with it is ultimately, um, actually, mostly males get those awards because again, it's so filled with with men, and that that is arguably problematic, and that's where the lopsidedness. It does help specifically that there's a separation because, again, the proof proof is in the, the Best Director Award. Uh, I believe the last woman to win Best Director was, I'm not sure about nominated, but uh, Catherine Bigelow for uh, Hurt Locker, which is a long time ago. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, she 
definitely deserve that award. That movie's really awesome. But um, it's one of those things like, what, what the heck? Why, why aren't we seeing more female directors being nominated? And it's because, again, there's not as many female directors directing movies. It's a problem in Hollywood as a, as a whole. Do I think they should make Best Female Director Award? No, I do not. I definitely, that's not what I'm saying. But the idea is, I think, I mean, do you agree with me sort of that there, I mean, there's a difference in the, in terms of acting for a uh, a male and a female experience. Do you think that that is a thing? I don't know. I, I'm on the fence with that argument myself, but to play devil's advocate, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Uh, no, man, I, I definitely agree with you. Like it's, it's foolish to say that a man's experience and a woman's experience are identical because it's, it's just not. Um, yeah. And I think the quicker we are to accept those facts, the quicker we'll get to, you know, a point where we can all just coexist a little bit more happily without, you know, misogyny and sexism and all this bullshit. Yeah, that's fair. I, I really appreciate this uh, email, Ken. Uh, it gets us thinking for sure. This is a deeper conversation than we usually have on Split Focus, a, v- a film and TV podcast. We usually talk about uh, what uh, Adrian uh, is cooking for dinner this week and uh, about some films. But uh, yeah, so it's good. I, I appreciate the email as always. Thank you for writing into us. And you can too, listener, spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. We await, we uh, readily await your, your next letter. Because we've gotten so many from outside sources <laughs> so far. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you want to add uh, there, Adrian? Or are you good? I'm good, baby. I think, uh, I think we covered that well. Thank you very much for the letter, Ken. That was a great conversation. Excellent. And now I ask you, Adrian, what have you been watching this week? So I've watched a few things. I'm going to get through uh, two of the three a little bit quicker. And then I think we both watched one of the same things, maybe even two of the same things, as I see you editing the notes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but we're doing it live. We're doing it live, baby. Fuck it. Let's do it live. What a classic uh, scene. Like the, What a classic like internet video. You know what I mean? YouTube video. So uh, a show that I've been watching kind of as just like background TV is a is a not so popular show called Grey's Anatomy. I don't think many people have heard of this. <laughs> sure. However, it's a it's a TV show, you know, that takes I just stop you right here. Uh, it just so happens to be my girlfriend's favorite show of all time. Oh, it is. No way. She's yeah. heard of it. Oh, yeah, she has. I know it's a weird coincidence, you know, it's crazy that she also heard of it because we don't talk about this podcast. So how did she, how did she really, you know, grasp like, oh, this is a great show. I should watch this. I mean, considering that it's such a hidden gem, a hidden gem TV series that barely anybody's ever heard of. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So what do you think of Grey's Anatomy there? Honestly, it's not bad. I'm watching season one. I'm a few episodes in, probably like seven or eight episodes in. And it's, it's not a bad show. Uh, I can see the appeal. The appeal is about these characters and their relationships together and how they grow as people. Uh, and you see like a lot of development within the first season um, already there, you know, there's the backdrop and the setting of a hospital and where people are coming and going, you know, being diagnosed with different things and, and, and dying or living due to surgeries, etc. all this added drama. But at the end of the day, the show is just really about uh, these characters going through some stuff together and, I at first I started watching it and the pilot episode paints the hospital as one of the worst fucking hospitals of all time. You know, these 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 fucking surgeons are placing bets on whether or not like a patient will live or die and everything like that. And or or, sorry, uh, whether or not uh, one of the surgeons will, you know, choke during their first surgery and all this bullshit. Uh, And I was like sitting there. 
I guess I should tell you why I'm watching this show because I am watching it because I want my girlfriend to start watching Attack on Titan and she didn't want to. And I said, I'll start watching Grey's. I'll watch the entire first season of Grey's and I'll continue watching it if I enjoy it, which I honestly might um, if you watch Attack on Titan. So uh, she's like, deal, deal, we got a deal. So I started doing that. Um, and anyways, so while I was watching the first episode, I was noticing all this stuff. I was like, this is the worst. Part. This is uh, just to be clear here. Grey's Anatomy has 17 seasons I, and Attack on Titan has four seasons. So th- that is an unbelievable bet. I said just I'm only going to watch the first season. As long as I get through the first season, she'll watch Attack on Titan. There's- but it almost makes it a waste of time, doesn't it? Like in a way, because you're, you're not really planning on watching the rest of the seasons. Well, I just said you're that. Just I might. Watch- but imagine watching 17 seasons of a show. It's a lot, but it's easy like background TV. Like if I'm just playing on my PlayStation Vita or my Switch. Yeah. Hey, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, just to have yeah. Something cool, 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 cool. Yeah, sure. Because it doesn't require like hyper focus or anything like that. It's just a good background TV show. So I might, I might continue watching it. But anyways, um, yeah, I was watching the pilot episode, and you know, I'm like, these are the worst fucking doctors. Like, this is the worst hospital. I would never go to this hospital. And then my girlfriend quickly was like, that's not the point of the show. Just focus on the, you know, the 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 characters and how how they grow as people, all that sort of stuff. And uh, you know, just don't focus on the quality of the hospital. <laughs> so I just because <laughs> you're not a hospital critic. Yeah, it, it, a metacritic for hospitals. <laughs> ah, this hospital, no. <laughs> um, so my I, uncle died here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I just kind of got over that, and uh, yeah, now it's just kind of like an interesting show to watch. I like, I actually quite like some of the characters in it. Some of the characters are just annoying, but that's kind of uh, what's expected in like an like a like a cast of characters like this but i i do recommend it honestly i don't i don't know if i necessarily recommend it but uh, i'm enjoying it enough and i'm cool uh, i'm surprised about it honestly i'm not i wouldn't i don't think i i, I think I, I expect it to be to be good theoretically it's just 17 seasons is a crazy undertaking i've always expected i or at least i did expect before that my girlfriend would want me to watch it but she doesn't i don't think and it's actually her show and she doesn't definitely doesn't want me to watch it with her which is interesting. It's like her alone time is watching Grey's Anatomy. That's you can't be a part of it. You can't be a part of this. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I, I even offered at one point. I'm like, I can watch this with you. And she's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I'd imagine it'd be cool. Like, I don't know. It's in the same vein as, I don't know, in some way. I think it started around the same time as like House or something like that. You know? Yeah. In a way. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's not quite the same because... Like, I mean, Hugh Laurie's character of House is a pretty brazen individual, but uh, yeah, it's it's cool. Is it? Um, do you find it very soap opera? Opery? I've watched, I think, a couple episodes, but I literally, well, I think when the show started, like in two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand five, like I watched it then. You find I can't remember it that well. Is it? You find it's like soap opery in the way that it's like kind of got these winding storylines that seem to never end, or eh, not necessarily because like every episode's its own thing. There are some like you know through lines that are taking place in each episode, like relationships with each character. But you could honestly just kind of jump into any episode and just kind of watch them dealing with like, oh my God, the surgery is going awry. Or, you know, this person has a huge tumor and they got to do a surgery there and, and stuff like that. It's 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 an easy watch, to be honest with you. But yeah, like I guess it is like overly dramatic when it, when it wants to be. But it's also kind of funny. Cool. Yeah. 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 I have nothing bad to say about Grey's Anatomy. Good. Good on you, buddy. Good on you. Is she start, did she start watching the Attack on Titan, or that's not happened yet until you finished the first season? Uh, it's not happened yet, but I don't know. 
I don't know if, if she's just going to start watching it as soon as I finish season one or what's going to go down. However, if she doesn't watch Attack on Titan, I'm never going to forgive her. Whoa. All right. Because she lied. Did you shake on it or we, write a contract? Yeah. No, no, no deal. We just made a deal. Spoken word. Did you say no deal. We just made a deal. <laughs> I I misspoke. Okay. We made a deal. All righty. What else have you been watching this week, Adrian? What else have you been watching? So I watched a little uh, movie called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Now, this is actually uh, Robert Forster's last movie before his passing. Have you ever heard of this? Um, Not too much. I think I saw it in passing just because I I was looking into Robert Forster. Um, so I think I saw it. I don't know much about it, though. Yeah, what's uh, how was it? It's really good. I really liked it. It's pretty short, about an hour and like 25 minutes, give or take a bit. Uh, However, the premise of the movie, it's, you know, like a small town and I guess like wherever the fuck it is. I forget already. (laughs) Alaska, I think. Uh, Just like, you know, this, you know, small town, not much goes on here. And uh, like a a murder takes place and, and, and this woman gets just you know, cut up to pieces, you know, has like pieces missing out of her and stuff like that. Um, and it looks like an animal attacked her. Uh, so the, mm-hmm. you know, the police are kind of investigating it. Uh, and, you know, the one cop that's leading the case is certain that it's not a wolf, that it's a human being. Uh, however, with that like sort of premise, it's actually like a very funny movie. It gives me like Fargo vibes, like this dark comedy. Um, honestly, it reminded me of Fargo so much and like a Coen Brothers movie. And I think that's why I really, really, really liked it. You know, the main character is he's like a former alcoholic and he's like the cop in charge. Uh, You know, the son of Robert Forrester, who's like the sheriff. But, you know, Robert Forrester's character, unfortunately, is like kind of sick. So he can't be on every case, that sort of stuff. But again, uh, in like this almost serious sort of small, like serious murder mystery movie where the cops are just trying to find this, I guess, serial killer because you know, more people tend to die throughout the film. Um, it's it's really just like this dark comedy kind of background going on. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. I know you like Fargo, and I think you would really like this movie. It's uh, interesting. It doesn't take up too much of your time. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. it. It was something that I really was kind of looking for. I was in the mood for some sort of, you know, like murderous, like, oh, is there a wolf killing people or is it, you know, a murderer sort of deal? Well, kind of maintaining a lighter hearted tone. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, I highly recommend it. You know, I rented it off Apple TV for like seven bucks. So definitely worth the $7 rental. Neato. Uh, Robert Forster. I, I really like Fargo and I also really like Robert Forster. Like uh, most recently, I guess I watched him in, was it El Camino? Yeah. He was most recently in for that uh, universe for the Breaking Bad universe. Yep. It's uh, he's really great. And like, I don't know, his story is kind of cool, like how he was really, he was making his way through Hollywood and then he just stopped getting jobs. Uh, and uh, Quentin Tarantino had seen him in something uh, or he auditioned for something of Quentin Tarantino's and didn't initially get the part. And then he randomly saw Quentin Tarantino somewhere. I don't know if it was like a restaurant or something. And then Tarantino just said, hey, I I, 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 I remember you. I, I'm going to get you. I'm going to make sure you get a role. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure I, I, you know what, I'm going to write a role for you specifically. And he did, he wrote a role for him in Jackie Brown. And then his, his whole career was like kickstarted. He was like going to just completely stop. He was broke. He was going to stop being an actor altogether. And, uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote him the role apparently. 
I, I feel like I've paraphrased that story, but it, it's a it's a really neat story. It's worth looking up uh, if you've got a moment because it's it's really cool and it's really sad that he passed away last year. And I definitely going to remember a lot of his performances, especially in Breaking Bad. And uh, he was in he was in Heroes at one point. Yeah. And, of course, Jackie Brown is a pretty memorable role. Yeah, I should check out this movie. I was looking at it. It's 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty great. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I might uh, I might check it out. What um, what else have you been watching, Adrian? Anything else uh, well, the of f- note? The final thing I have been watching, um, actually, I guess not the final thing, but another movie that I watched this week is The Rental. Oh, cool. Me too. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah, we talked about this briefly. It's a Dave Franco directed movie. We didn't get it initially here in Canada, but it released as a Amazon uh, Prime original movie, you know, what, a month ago, give or take a bit. And uh, yeah, what did you think of it? Um, I really liked it. I thought it was it was quite good. There's a lot of really neat, um, like framed shots and interesting film techniques that I enjoyed. So like I was kind of looking for that because I was curious. It's and Dave Franco's first feature film that wasn't, you know, a what's his, uh, what's that, Funny or Die skit? Because he, he he directed a lot of those. I think that's that's where he kind of started as a director and then made his way into into a horror movie, which is interesting because it's almost a trajectory that uh, Jordan Peele, Peele took. Yeah. In a, in a weird way, I guess. He went from sketch comedy to, to incredible horror films. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I don't want to talk too much about the plot because I feel like I could reveal too much um, by doing so, there's it took some unexpected twists that I was quite surprised about. What did you think about the movie overall, though? Did you actually like it? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, I liked it enough. I didn't think it was like fantastic uh, or totally like original, but it is a good movie. I think it's worth a watch. Uh, once again, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Amazon Prime Video. I think it's worth you know the hour and a half runtime. It doesn't take up too much of your time there, which I really appreciated. Uh, and it is super interesting. One thing I do recommend, do not watch the trailer for this. The trailer, like, honestly spoils the vast majority of this movie. Uh, and I'm kind of glad. I don't remember watching the trailer. But if I did, I didn't remember uh, the trailer at all. So I was kind of surprised by the ending of the movie and kind of the the course the movie ends up taking partway through. It's a slow burn to begin with, too, which I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of slow burn movies where it just kind of ramps up and, you know, the climax is very evident. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it all in all. Uh, I think you're right. I don't want to talk about it too deeply because it, I feel like it's very easily easy to spoil this movie. Yeah. I should reiterate, like, I don't think it's as good as the Jordan Peele's efforts in, in the, you know, the horror genre. And I'm sure you agree with that. Oh, definitely. Austin get out are are pretty great movies and uh, they're not comparable that it's not comparable that way, but it's interesting. It even leaves room for a sequel, which is kind of interesting. Like I didn't see coming. I thought this was going to be a one-off and that this actually might might have a sequel theoretically. I don't know. It's 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 cool. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of uh there's a, ro- a lot of neat things about the movie. I enjoyed it. Like I definitely enjoyed it for sure. It's is it above 90% of Rotten Tomatoes? It's I think a 75%. Oh, it's not even above 90. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh it's good though. I again, for his first outing, I'm curious to see what he does next. I wouldn't mind seeing the rental sequel, the rental two. I don't know about uh, you, but I don't really like when <laughs> just to bring that up. I don't know, like calling it the rental two. It just che- does that just cheapen the whole thing? Like, don't call it that. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I think you're right. I feel like if if you're gonna make another one, you'd call it another rental or something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like even like like for instance, Iron Man two. Like I I almost. 
I like Thor Ragnarok as an idea better. And Thor like the Dark Thor. Throw a, Yeah, throw a, a subtitle in there as opposed to numbering the sequel. It, it makes more sense to me overall, but we know it's the second one. We'll figure it out. Like Your audience is, I think, smart enough. I, I just A lot of horror movies end up going that way, though. Like Saw 1, mm-hmm. Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, Saw 5. How many Saw movies are there? Like, seriously. It, it, I don't they know. all seem to follow that trajectory, which is odd. But anyway, uh, I digress. Yeah, it was good. I recommend it for sure. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, Yeah, cool, man. You're going to say something. I was just going to say that I enjoy talking to you about these movies uh, and uh, and TV shows. Adrian, I thank you for joining me mid-podcast here. I'm just going to say it. Thank you for for coming on and and talking to me about this for an hour and a half every week. I appreciate you. Oh, oh, that's very nice of you. Yeah, hey, no worries, man. I appreciate you too. Of course, I, I really enjoy this. It's one of my favorite things um, to do every week. It's not at all what I was about to, about to say, though. Um, I was just no. saving myself because I forgot what I was about to say, and you called me out on mm. the fact that I, I didn't say anything. But I do mean exactly what I just said to you, so it works out, I think. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Did I cheapen it for you? A little bit, but whatever. It's fine. I'm over it. I'm just being honest. I'm being, I'm being honest. Yeah. I initially lied cool. a little bit, and I just thought, you know, let's just be honest. But uh, I'm not I'm not lying when I say that I enjoy talking to you. And uh, the last thing I watched this week, as any Marvel fan would have, uh, is on Division on uh, Disney Plus, and that is the third, fourth, fourth, fourth episode of WandaVision. Yeah, honestly, this show is incredible. I, I cannot say this enough. If you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you like I don't know TV shows that are you know mystery TV shows in general, this is really really great. Am, am I crazy or is this like? solid like all the way through so far it's fantastic all the way through so far i know this show was actually getting a surprising amount of grief for those first three episodes just people not really enjoying what it was doing like you know being a almost satire of like or an homage to you know 1950s 60s and 70s sitcoms but again the direction that this this show is taking is just so so interesting and i absolutely adore it i'm like i can't wait for more and again i think we talked a bit, little bit about this last week i wish it wasn't week to week the the mandalorian lent itself to like this kind of weekly storytelling because every episode was its own like self-contained story but this is a continuing plot line every single episode and i want i, I want to watch it all now i want to be able to binge it it's so frustrating uh yeah and that i think is the biggest compliment i can give this show yeah, it's interesting actually. Like I mentioned, there was a comparison to Lost with WandaVision in the beginning when we first talked about it a couple episodes back. With the first two episodes of uh, a couple episodes back of our show when we talked about the first two episodes of WandaVision, I just think that with the the comparison to Lost, part of that as well is is really the fact that Lost you could tell there was lots of hints throughout that show that you can kind of pick up on the mystery and try and solve it yourself. It's hard to remember week to week what's even happening. I I, I really do think that it would have been better to be able to binge this. And I, I almost wonder if I should have waited. But again, we I, I didn't want to obviously take a risk on the spoilers. And that's actually one of the advantages as you've talked about before on, on this podcast about how doing week to week is actually avoiding spoilers, which again, it's like, a, again, a double-edged sword, if you will. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Cool. Can we get on to the news there, uh, Adrian? What are you thinking? No. 
Okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Let's begin with the small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. According to the publication, The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers is currently in the early development stages for an HBO Max Harry Potter TV series. The Hollywood Reporter's sources have discovered that many meetings have been held to shop around for various screenwriters to get the series off the ground. It is important to note that this project is in extremely early stages, despite the buzz surrounding it from various reputable publications. It is so early that, in fact, Warner Brothers' official statement on the matter is, quote, there are no Harry Potter series in development at the studio or on the streaming platform, unquote. Currently, Corporation NBC Universal actually owns the TV and streaming rights to the Harry Potter franchise until the year 2025. Adrian, what do you think? What do you make of this news? So real quick, we've already talked about this, but the idea that Warner Bros. lent out the Harry Potter's streaming rights to NBC until 2025 is arguably the dumbest business decision of all time. Yeah. But anyways, I don't want to talk too much about that because we've already talked about that before. But what I do want to talk about is how frustrating it is that these news sites very obviously did a headline like they did just simply for the clicks when there's no, when Again, from Warner Brothers directly, they say that there is no Harry Potter series in development at the studio because the way every headline was labeled is that it is in development. And from the looks of things, they haven't even really started development. They're looking to start development. Uh, And I, I just I find it kind of frustrating about that. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that there is going to be a Harry Potter TV show. 100%. But just the way these uh, news websites framed it, I just fucking hate clickbait. And I feel like this was an example of clickbait. Um, Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I like so just to be clear, like when when I we talk about sources to pick up news articles like this or, or, you know, talk about them, I, I usually rely very heavily on The Hollywood Reporter, on Variety, on Deadline. If you actually look at the headlines for The Hollywood Reporter and for Variety, they actually specifically state. Uh, like, for instance, the Hollywood Reporter's headline is Harry Potter live action TV series is in early development at HBO Max. Varieties is Harry Potter TV series is in early development at HBO Max. Like, the, they are claiming it's in early development, and, and it literally is in early development. Like, they haven't hired writers yet. So, like, I don't, I'm not that frustrated with it. Like, I, I was, it was clear for me. I think the one you sent me, you sent me an article from IGN. Um, mm-hmm. And that one did not, that one was not as clear. And I agree with you because like, again, there's so much clickbait out there that I feel like that's that's a little bit frustrating. But they went through the trouble to find out that these meetings were being, you know, were, were taking place. And I, and I appreciate the fact that they they leaked this story having done the legwork. So I, I, I agree with you in that a lot of other places that, you know, piggybacked off their story did write out the titles for their articles as clickbait that doesn't surprise me when there's literally websites like we got this covered and hype beast around as we've talked about multiple times on our show um but uh, i'm not so angry at like the hollywood reporter per se does does that make sense yeah no it definitely makes sense man um so anyways onto onto the topic itself like are you interested in slash excited for a harry potter tv series like do you think it's going to be based on you know, the books itself and kind of just follow that story again? Or do you think they're going to try to explore the universe a little bit more and expand on it? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be an expansion of the universe, but it's so early days, especially because again, they cannot make this show until 2025. 
Like it will be releasing in 2025. So I don't think it's it's that's actually part of the thing you're just saying. Like it's it's clickbait in that like who cares about this until like five years from now. Like it's a long time. So I I don't know. It, they could even just reboot the entire series like theoretically by that point. I think it's would be more neat for them to not reboot and to actually just expand the universe in my opinion there's a harry potter game coming out that's meant to expand the universe there's other movies they're making that's meant to expand the universe i think they could keep morphing this into something that's almost like star wars in a way like what do you think are you are you excited for this uh yeah like i'm definitely interested in it i just recently rewatched all the harry potter movies and Man, I really love those. I don't think they need to be remade. I think they still hold up. Uh, again, you know, it is a little bit dated, but I think you can literally just watch those without being disappointed by any means. And I think they are still good movies. Um, and yeah, I think it would be a misstep to just reboot it. I think it would be much smarter to, again, yeah, expand on this universe, maybe go into the future, see what's going on there, uh, go into the past, uh, which kind of the, what the game is doing that's coming out. Um I feel like there's so many different opportunities. It would just be like a waste to just retell the exact same story, but as a TV series. Now, one thing to note is I like there's still quite a bit of contra- controversy uh, revolving around J.K. Rowling. So, you know, waiting until 2025, it's I know they have to, but I guess it's a it's a good thing that they have to wait that long uh, for that sort of controversy to ideally blow over there's a lot of like issues with her apparently being transphobic and all of that stuff. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into that though. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because a lot of, a lot to do with that game that's coming out. It actually just got delayed to 2022. Pretty much any article that's written about that game always brings up the whole uh, JK Rowling controversy. So I guess, you know, waiting until 2025, like they have to for one, uh, but waiting until then it, it should probably get less blowback. And on top of that, if you expand the universe, as opposed to following the books that she specifically wrote, again, I think you could avoid uh, that sort of blowback as much as uh, a little bit easier, I guess. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I do hope it, I'm excited for one. I think, I think it lends it like this universe lends itself to TV series. Yeah, no, I think it could be great. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, but it's a long time to wait. Like I'm just thinking about like, how long this is it's crazy like that that deal was as you said ridiculous i i just can't believe it it's just surprising to me that they would throw away one of their and it's just so short-sighted to throw away one of your their most profitable franchises it's just such a weird choice i don't know it's it's odd yeah Yeah, i'm excited but uh i'm patiently waiting and this could even get canceled by the time 2025 rolls around like it may not even happen at all so yeah cool all righty then number two there have been a slew of new animated series announced lately for both netflix and hbo max as reported by variety hbo is in the very early stages of developing a game of thrones animated series additionally massive streaming conglomerate netflix is working on a japanese style anime adaptation of the video game series tomb raider and kong skull island specifically Production company Legendary Pictures is working on two anime series at this time, with the 2018 announced Pacific Rim series and the MonsterVerse King Kong Skull Island series waiting in the wings. What do you make of this, Adrian? I think this is super cool. I love the idea of expanding these universes, but going down the like animation route. I think you have so much more room to do cool 
cool shit <laughs> in like an animated universe. You can you can take it a little bit further. You can do things in animation that you can't do in real life. Yeah, like uh, well, that's uh, the lines are being blurred more and more with CG. Um, that that was obviously more true before, but I agree with you completely. You can do some crazy stuff with with animation, which is it's neat. Like like Soul as an example. Wow. Exactly. What a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Or, you know, even like, uh, like there, I just feel like these sort of intellectual properties lend themselves to like animated styles. And you can do a lot of like, there's so many different animation styles that you can go off of too. So like most notably, one of my favorite, uh, Netflix series is, uh, is the Castlevania Netflix series as an example, which is, you know, this, it literally looks like an anime and it's, it's fantastic. It's really awesome. And again, they can do some really cool like fight scenes and everything like that because it is essentially an anime show. I, I know Netflix is also working on a uh, I think it's a Witcher prequel series as well. That's uh, also anime. You're aware of that as well, right? Yeah, good call. Yeah, that's uh, that's also happening. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think it takes place like a, a few thousand years before the first or uh, before the the series itself. Again, I'm not too familiar with it. I never watched the Witcher series. Yeah, before- you really liked it though. Yeah, before the, like the Netflix series, you mean like not the the book yeah. series or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it's it's got room to grow, and I think I talked about this on previous episodes. I think that uh, Henry Cavill does a great job as uh, Geralt of Rivia. Uh, if you've played the games or read the books, he's uh, he does a great job. I just think that the the show could be better, and it. I'm glad that it shows such potential and promise. Like it's not the greatest show, certainly. It's not the greatest um, uh, like medieval fantasy show that's around. Like I guess Game of Thrones easily takes that cake um, or that award. But I, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I, I'm curious to see what they do with season two. And it's they're they're making a movie as well uh, for The Witcher, uh, like a I think a movie that's also a prequel, and then this animated series. A lot of animated series being announced at Netflix. Hey, eh? they're really throwing their hat in the ring when it comes to animated series. Well, yeah, man. Yeah, we talked about the Resident Evil animated series that was recently announced. Um, I think, well, actually, maybe that was in like 2019 that it was announced, but that's coming out this year. Um, and yeah, like just, yeah, Tomb Raider as an animated series is a super cool idea, which is interesting because they also announced that this Tomb Raider series actually takes place after the events of the game. So like the three uh, games. So it is actually a direct sequel to that universe which is kind of interesting i wasn't i wasn't really expecting that at all hmm, that's that's pretty cool neat yeah yeah definitely i think uh game of thrones as well i feel like that would be you can do a lot of cool shit uh if you animate that um out of out of all these sort of announced ones what are you kind of most interested in you're not much of a like i'm i'm assuming that these are all going to be like anime style uh which is probably not the case but like you're not a huge fan of like animated or anime in general slash even animated like series is am, am i wrong about this like does this really are you interested in any of this stuff i'm not uninterested in it but i'm not going on my way to watch it like i i don't dislike them i just don't watch that much anime in general i guess it's it's interesting i don't know i there's just there's a lot of shows out there and like this we just named like what five shows just just in this conversation alone there's a lot of there'll be a lot of content to be watching so i I don't know. I'm not finding the time. I guess I'm not making time for it. I, I don't dislike it, though. Out of the ones here, actually, I'm quite interested, strangely, and this might surprise you, but the, the probably the Kong Skull Island one, and the reason why is is just because the they just showed the trailer for Godzilla versus Kong, 
And King Kong is massive. It's no way he's no way that that size in King in Kong Skull Island, but he has room to grow grow because the Kong Skull Island movie with uh, Tom Hiddleston and uh, Samuel L. Jackson is Brie uh, Larson. Yeah, Brie Larson. It takes place in the eighties, so I guess he grows pretty pretty massive because Godzilla is like massive. So I don't know. Like he's got to get up to size, but uh, he was. I think he was the was he the biggest he was the biggest iteration of Kong that we'd seen prior. I'm fairly certain when we saw him in Kong Skull Island, which is a great movie, by the way. I really yeah, I love it. But uh, yeah, so he grows somehow, and I don't know. There was something about that movie I, I really did like it, and so I think that it would be interesting to see what uh, they could do with this animated series. I also don't even know what direction they're going to go with the Game of Thrones series. So again, it's it's early days. We'll see what the trailers are going to be like. If you're actually asking me. What animated show I'm most excited for in general? I actually am most excited probably for Invincible. You, you kind of convinced me on that. Me too. Yeah. Like I, I imagine you you are because you're such a fan of the comic book series. But yeah, like uh, again, all-star cast. The animation does look like if you look at some of the the panels from the comics, I think that that's really cool that they, they try to really capture the, the accuracy of the actual uh, panels that Robert uh, – I was about to say Kirkland. <laughs> the owner of Costco, yes. The Costco, the Costco brand that Robert Kirkland uh, uh, participated in, in creating. You said Robert Kirkland again. Do you know that? I did. Yeah, I know. Okay, I, I'm, Kirk- I'm going to call him that from now on. He's now Robert Kirkland. Just like okay. uh, George R. R. Martin is George Railroad Martin to you. Robert Kirkman is Robert Kirkland, a contributor to Costco for me. Anyways... Uh, what, which one are you most excited for? Actually, I'm very curious because you, again, you watch enough of these animated series that definitely your opinion <laughs> certainly uh, throws some weight around. I mean, Invincible by a mile. Uh, I cannot wait for that. Okay, okay. I love those com- comic books. I knew but, it was Invincible, uh, but like, w- w- what else? Like, other than other than Invincible, honestly, all of these interest me. I'm probably going to watch all of them. The only one that I probably won't watch is the Witcher one, uh, just because I haven't watched like the Witcher series, and I. I don't know. Maybe I'll get around to that, but that's probably the one I'm least interested in. Out of the ones listed here, I'm probably most interested in um, the Kong Skull Island one as well. I really love monster, like the monster universe. I think you can do a lot of cool shit with that and just have these. I I don't know. There's something about giant monsters fighting each other, like Kaiju fighting each other that I really, really love. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe uh, it, it goes back to my love of dinosaurs. Maybe it's all connected. You're just a little boy at heart, aren't you? I am indeed, my friend. But yeah, I, I can't wait for this stuff. Uh, I'm super excited for the Resident Evil series as well. That's coming out later this year. Cool, man. Cool. Let's move on to number three. As reported by Variety, Marriage Story director Noah Baumbach has signed a multi-year contract with streaming giant Netflix. When commenting on the new deal, Baumbach said, quote, When I started in the film industry, I dreamed of having a home. It took me about 25 years, but it was worth the wait. I couldn't be more thrilled to be making movies with Ted and Scott and everyone at Netflix, who are wonderful collaborators and friends and family, unquote. Bombach's next film will be an adaptation of the Don DeLillo novel, White Noise, and will star actor and Lady Bird director Greta Gerwig and marriage story actor Adam Driver. Adrian, what do you make of this? I find this super cool. Uh, I absolutely adored Marriage Story. I think that movie's a 10 out of 10. Um, it's a heart-wrenching story. 
it made me cry. It made me laugh. I, I really loved it. And it really showed how great Noah Bumbuck is. I know he came out with a bunch of movies prior. I'll be honest. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies as far as I'm aware, at least not that he's re- uh, directed. Um, but I think this is a good move. Netflix is making a lot of uh, these moves where they're signing multi-year contracts with, uh, you know, big directors. They just recently did it with, um, his name escapes me, David Fincher. So like, I think these are like Netflix is making the, the right choices to make these super high quality movies and stay within that sort of camp. Um, they're going to continue, you know, being nominated for Oscars and everything like that. And I'm excited to see what Noah Baumbach can come out with. I really, really love Adam Driver as an uh, actor as well. I know you do. I do. I do. He's incredible. Marriage Story is unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what this is going to uh, include. Like, what are, what are we going to get out of him? Uh, again, Greta Gerwig. I love Lady Bird. I don't know if I've ever seen her act in anything, though. So this is going to be interesting. Are you familiar with this White Noise novel? I'm not. I don't really know that much about it. Do you? No, I have no idea. I'm going to look this up real quick. White Noise novel. Um... So the plot of the book itself, I'll just read like the first line from uh, Wikipedia. It's set in a bucolic Midwestern college known only as the College on the Hill. White Noise follows a year in the life of Jack Gladney, a professor who has made his name by pioneering the field of Hitler studies, though he has not taken German lessons until this year. Interesting. Huh. All right. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm curious. I'm curious about this already. All right. Cool. Yeah, Bombac seems to make like really, really, it seems like, especially like even if you look at like quotes from like the Netflix team, it seems like he makes very human stories and you can tell that with Marriage Story. Again, that's like a chilling, the, the performances from Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson are inc- incredible. Yeah. Again, I'm excited for this. It's cool. Like he's an indie director. I like the the uh, the play Netflix is making to get all types of directors, all types of shows. They have like a crazy eclectic catalog of stuff. And uh, again, I, I mentioned this before, like not all of it's the greatest quality, but they've, they do have a lot of quality as well. Like they're, they're just keep building this incredible juggernaut catalog that really no one can, I don't know, actually if I should say no one can compete with, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. It's good. Yeah. They have, they have something for literally everyone. They do. It's pretty wild. Like we just talked about their animated series like at, at length there. And then you've got on the other side of the spectrum, the opposite of maybe the opposite of animated movies in, the, in this indie director coming in to create more of these stories like Marriage Story, which is really cool. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, like I know like he also uh, made like the Mayor Witz stories or whatever, which I know is like very well regarded. Like so he he's obviously proven himself as a good director. So yeah, I'm down to watch whatever he comes out with, especially if it's going to start Adam Driver. Cool, 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 cool. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by Variety, Tenet actor Kenneth Branagh has been cast to play United Kingdom's Prime Minister Boris Johnson in a five-part drama series centered around the UK government's response to the global pandemic. All I know about Boris Johnson is from what I've seen in memes, and he seems like a funny guy. But uh, again, I don't, I 
know nothing about him really. Guy has great hair. Number two, as reported by publication Deadline, actor Jodie Turner-Smith has been cast as a main character in the Witcher prequel series entitled The Witcher Blood Origin. <gasps> Did we talk about this? Number three, According to Deadline, Lovecraft Country director and writer Misha Green has been hired on as director and writer for the Alicia Vikander starring sequel to the rebooted Tomb Raider film franchise. I really like that Tomb Raider movie, oddly enough. It's not amazing, but I think bringing in a director like Misha Green, who made Lovecraft Country, which is well regarded, I think this is a right step on making, hopefully, a better sequel. Number four, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, Jumanji... Jumanji. Jesus. Isn't that actually a line in Jumanji? It might be. I don't know what Jumanji is, but... Oh, yeah, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Jumanji star Kevin Hart has been cast as the soldier known as Roland in the film adaptation for the video game series Borderlands. If you look at Roland's character from Borderlands, let me just say he looks nothing like Kevin Hart, and this is an odd choice. Also, Borderlands, the story sucks. Like, it's not a bad story, but the writing is awful, and if... They're going off that sort of style of comedy. I will not watch this movie. Number five, as Variety reports, Spy Kids director Robert Rodriguez will return as a director for a Spy Kids reboot film. A reboot? Why? Just continue the story. Number six, as Variety notes, the Warner Brothers film Godzilla vs. Kong has been moved back one week from its recently announced March 26th date to a March 31st date instead. Nice, now maybe I'll be able to watch it in theaters. <laughs> Number seven, as Variety reports, network NBC has renewed the James Spader starring TV series The Blacklist for a ninth season. I think I watched a season or two of this show. It was pretty good. Number eight, as reported by website Vulture, Zack Snyder's cut of the 2017 Justice League film has been officially set for an HBO Max release date of March 18th. 2021. I cannot wait for this. This might be a movie I will pay to watch at home. Maybe. Big maybe. It's four hours though. It might be worth 25 or 30 bucks. I'm debating it. Number nine. As tech website The Verge reports, actors Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway are set to star in an Apple TV Plus TV series adaptation of podcast We Crashed. The series will follow the rise and fall of the shared workspace company WeWork. I wonder if Jared Leto's gonna method act as an asshole again. Number 10. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, actor-director George Clooney is looking to play famous science fiction pulp hero Buck Rogers for a limited series he's developing for production company Legendary Pictures. Wow. George Clooney. Good job, man. And that concludes the montage. Uh, okay, I don't I don't know why you had felt the need to add that sound effect, but um, I don't add any sound effect, man. You edit the show. I did not add anything. You used your lip lip machine to to make the sound of a, a boing, something like that. Anyways, what do you have for me, Adrian? What what's going on? What what what, what do you got? Well, I got new releases for you. And what are they? Well, this is for the week of Monday, February the 1st to Sunday, February the 7th. The first couple movies coming out on Wednesday, February the 3rd, baby. There's actually quite a few movies coming out this week. I was pretty uh, shocked. We've had a pretty light week, light weeks prior to this. But this week, it's ramping up. It's cool. ramping up. Cool, 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 cool. What's, uh, what's the first movie you're going to say here? The first movie I'm going to say here is Black Beach. 
It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a bad guy gone good lawyer gets dragged back into his bad life when he agrees to work with his old friend God Bad. Wow, that was really well, uh, <laughs> really well said. Thanks, man. You gonna watch it? Uh, I don't have a, a lot of context from this one line you gave me, so I don't have any idea whether it's gonna be good or not. Do you have a perspective? Did you watch the trailer? No. Okay. I did not. Let's move on then. I will move on to All My Friends Are Dead. Oh no. Are you <laughs> sorry, is this the name of a movie or Yeah, it's the name of a Netflix original movie. I considered you a friend, so I was a little worried. I looked over my <laughs> shoulder. Like, is somebody coming for me? Uh, yeah. Someone's coming for you, man. You better watch yourself. You better watch yourself, Simon. Okay. Are you gonna Tell us what this movie's about or what? Yeah, so a New Year's party leads to a shocking night filled with broken hearts and exposed secrets. Ooh. Ooh. The next movie that's coming out is coming out on Thursday, February the 4th. This movie is called The Yin Yang Master Dream of Eternity. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about murder, mystery, a dark conspiracy, and a demonic serpent. This movie has it all, man. All. Apparently. Yeah crazy does it have dinosaurs though i mean a demonic serpent it's like i imagine it's a big one so maybe i see yeah okay that 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 could fit the bill that could fit your bill the adrian movie requirements all right yeah man well uh yeah these next movies they're all coming out on friday february the 5th so just uh stay with me all right bear with me the first movie that's coming out is called the last paradiso it's a netflix movie it takes place in the 1950s in, in in italy and it's a romance movie involving an affair. Okay. Yeah. Is it going to be good? I don't know. I'm never going to watch it. The next movie, though, that I might not, probably won't watch, is a movie called Strip Down, Rise Up. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a group of women who start pole dancing to empower themselves and reclaim what's theirs, their bodies and their lives. Did you write that? Like, Did you write that based on the trailer? Or did you like – Copy and paste that, or like, what is this? I wrote that. Their bodies I, and their lives. You yeah. Also, very dramatically. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll just take you at your word. All right, what's the next movie coming out? I write all of these, mind you. Like, literally, all of these I write in my own words. I kind of paraphrase what's already written. Maybe sometimes I move things around when I'm feeling lazy, but I write all of these. Okay. So the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Space Sweepers. It's a Netflix movie that takes place in the year 2092. Wow. These four friends discover a secret during a trade deal with a wide-eyed alien in space. Alrighty. I wonder what the secret is. Maybe I'll watch it. Or I won't. Who knows? However, this next movie I definitely want to watch, and I might watch it for next week. It's a movie called Malcolm and Marie. You've heard of it. I've heard of it. We've spoken about it. It's a Netflix original movie. This was actually filmed during the pandemic, and it was directed by Sam Levinson, who is the creator of the HBO original series Euphoria. The movie itself, though, stars Euphoria star Zendaya. Zendaya? How do you pronounce her name? I think it's Zendaya. Zendaya? Pretty sure, but I mean. Well, it stars her and a name that I can say, John David Washington, as a couple going through the hardships of a relationship. This is like a kind of like an art house film. The entire movie takes place is black and white. It takes place in an apartment. I'm pretty certain Zendaya Zendaya 
and John David Washington are the only three actors that are in the movie. It takes place in a glass house, I believe. Yeah. Like it's like a like a very specific glass house in uh, California, I think. So it looks pretty cool. Like it's uh, it sounds like a movie that you could film pretty well in a pandemic. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Euphoria, so I actually I watched uh, they released two new episodes of Euphoria. That's yeah. kind of like a bridge in between season one and season two. I failed to mention I watched the first of those two episodes. This show's fantastic. It's it's phenomenal. Like it's so good. And uh, I highly recommend Euphoria if you have Crave TV or HBO Max. I imagine it's on HBO Max uh, in the States. It's it's really good. It's uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I, I really love it. I don't want to d- dive too deep into that because I have another movie to talk about called Little Big Women. This is a Netflix original movie. Let me read this to you. All right. After the passing of their in- – sorry. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <laughs> After the passing of their estranged father – a family grapples with the remnants of his life during his absence. Okay. Nothing to say? Okay. <laughs> what? what, what? No, no, nothing. Don't worry about it. Next movie that's coming out is a movie called Bliss. This is an Amazon Prime Video original movie starring Owen Wilson and Selma Hayek. The movie is about two people who believe they live in a blissful simulation, but their world begins to bleed into an ugly reality. Huh, interesting. Owen Wilson, I hadn't seen him in a while, and uh, he's going to be in Loki this year as well, and uh, now this movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see him kind of come back. He kind of fell off the face of the earth for a little while there. He was like a star in everything. Yeah, I'm a fan of him. He's he's great. Marley and Me. Man, that, that movie gets me every damn time. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I definitely cried in that movie. Man. Yeah, I bawled my eyes out. Yeah. I can't handle it. Anyways, uh, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called A Glitch in the Matrix. This was confirmed by Apple TV app and the trailer itself. It's a video on demand movie. This is a documentary asking the question, are we living inside a simulation? I don't know. Elon Musk certainly thinks so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Oh, you're asking me. Uh, I don't know. There's some weird things, some weird things, you know, that, that lead me to believe it's possible. I don't know. What do you think? You think so? Nah. I mean, it's not impossible, though. It's not impossible. I just don't think we are. And if we are, I'm content. I'm happy. I'm still living a life, baby. Yeah, that's fair. It's one of those questions like, does it even matter? Yeah, I know. Because we don't even know what the meaning of it all is anyways. And we don't know, like, how did life co- what, how did life come about? We don't actually know the answer to that question. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, some people, like, you know, choose to explain it away with faith, like that, you know, God created it all and all, and all that. But like, again, where did, where did the big bang happen? Sure. But where'd the life come from? It's just, it's again, miracle and miracles that, uh, that are unexplained by science currently. And, uh, I don't know, is the simulation real? And you're right. Does it matter at a certain point? Cause like we can't tell. So does it, I don't think it does. I do not think it does. But anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called falling. Oh yeah. By the way, these next th- these two movies, so A Glitch in the Matrix and Falling, uh, again, confirmed by Apple TV app and Movie Insider um, slash, I guess The Glitch in the Matrix was confirmed by the trailer. But I saw that these were supposed to be Apple TV Plus original movies. However, when I looked them up on the Apple TV app, uh, they just had a pre-order for 15 bucks. So I don't think it is. I just wanted to put that out there because... I don't know if it's some sort of like where it'll switch to an Apple TV plus original movie, but I, I don't know. I just, I just want to put that out there. I did notice that when I was looking these movies up and 
Um, I really only saw one source saying that it was, and it was Movie Insider. So I, I don't think it is. They, they are, but I, I think it's something that I should mention. But anyways, uh, this next movie called Falling, again, confirmed by Apple TV app and Movie Insider. It's a video on demand rental uh, or m- movie. Um, it's about a conservative father with early onset dementia who is forced to move from his like remote farm to live with his homosexual son um, in his place in California. Um, the son is actually Viggo Mortensen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who's playing the father? Lance Henriksen. Have you ever heard of him? No. He kind of looks familiar, though, when I look at his picture here. Interestingly, this is directed by Viggo Mortensen. Oh, I don't even know that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Laura Linney's in this, which is pretty cool. Viggo Mortensen's amazing. He's another one of those actors that is just like straight up a chameleon as well. He is, yeah, for sure. He just completely becomes the characters he plays. Yeah, he's he's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Green Book is a really great movie, I must say. Yeah. Dude, I love Green Book. I remember, um, I don't know if I mentioned this story on on the podcast, but I remember when Green Book won the Oscars. I think I did mention this. Green Book won the Oscar for Best Picture. You know, people were online like complaining about it, uh, saying like, oh, this movie didn't deserve it. Black Klansman deserved it, yada, yada, yada. You know, of course, another movie about like a white savior. And uh, I remember I commented on like, honestly, like Green Book was fantastic and i think it's better than black clansman it's not really about that you know like a white savior because mahershala ali is really the star of the movie he is yeah uh, and then yeah i i remember like people were just like attacking me on facebook being like oh like the of course this white guy says and, I, and then i was literally just like dude my favorite movie of that year was sorry to bother you right yeah like like it's like what what do you mean <laughs> anyways did they but respond I, to you about how the, when you wrote that, or they just didn't? They, but probably they've never seen "Sorry to Bother You," to be honest, because it wasn't mainstream enough for them. But yeah, yeah, no, they didn't respond. Not the it's hipster like, us, right? Right now, yeah, I no, seem like absolute hipsters. But "Sorry to Bother like, You" though is like is out of this world. It is just it's on it, Netflix here in Canada as well. I highly recommend you watch it if you have. Yeah, it's so creative. Oh man. Definitely entertaining. Yeah, it's like this whole, I mean, like, you know, it stars Lakeith Stanfield, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, the Cannibal Army Hammers in the movie as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Cannibal. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really, I really adore that. Movie. Um, anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called The Reckoning. Uh, this was confirmed by Apple TV and mo- the, the Apple TV app and Movie Insider. This is a video on demand movie. Uh, this movie actually seems pretty interesting. A movie I kind of want to watch. It's about a woman who is accused of being a witch after she loses her husband to the Great Plague and then is placed under custody by England's number one witch hunter. However, while she's in custody, uh, the devil himself begins to make his way into her mind. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why? Because the devil was involved. What do you mean? <laughs> you, you captured my attention. Oh my god. Anyways, this uh yeah, it looks like a movie I would probably enjoy. It looks a little bit uh just looks like it seems like a cool premise. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out, this actually I watched the full trailer on. It looks uh like a it's a quirky comedy movie called The Mimic. Uh, this was again confirmed by Apple TV and Movie Insider as well as the trailer. It's a video on demand movie. It's about this guy who begins to think his neighbor is a sociopath. 
um, his neighbor, you know, becoming kind of like a friend of his that just starts following him everywhere and appearing everywhere. Uh, so he starts digging into that guy's life and his wife. What? Mm-hmm. Is he a mm-hmm. cannibal? No, like, I think I think he wants to be with the sociopath's wife. Oh, OK. Yeah, it kind of looks interesting. I, I like the trailer, at least. It seemed like a quirky comedy. Anyways, we've got three movies left coming out. The first of the last three <laughs> is a movie called Little Fish. Uh, this, again, confirmed by the Apple TV app and Movie Insider. It's a video on demand movie. Also a movie by uh, Tim Burton. Nope. Not not directed by Tim Burton? No. It's not the sequel to Big Fish? No, it's not, believe it or not. Oh, okay. It's a prequel. <laughs> that makes more sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> good call. Good call on that one. Yeah, it was a good call. Thank you. Anyways, but it's about this virus that causes memory loss uh, that's kind of spreading across the world. And there's a couple that are that is trying to avoid the virus at all costs to ensure they don't lose the history of their love. Okay. Yeah. I imagine they both get it and then, but they, but they fall in love again because love conquers all. That's my assumption of how the movie goes. Anyways, this next movie that's coming out is a movie called payback. This is confirmed by the trailer and movie insider. However, it doesn't seem like you can pre-order this movie off Apple TV. I try to confirm a lot of these video on demand movies through the Apple TV app because usually it'll let you pre-order it. However, doesn't look like you can for this one. But again, there were uh, multiple sources corroborating that it is releasing um, on this day, the day being Friday, February the 5th. And uh, this is about a young stockbroker at a Wall Street firm that's controlled by the mob. And he gets betrayed and then sent to prison. However, six years later, when they are released, uh, he begins his quest for vengeance. Wow. Against the mob. He's betrayed when they all decide to... uh... To invest in games, GameStop, dude. That's fucking wild. <laughs> that's a crazy situation. That's yeah. like, uh, honestly, when that happened, I just was instantly reminded for some reason of Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah, just this group of people coming together. Yeah, to like, like take down, these take big, down the big guys, these big yeah. hedge funds, which are like running the, not running the world, but that's a little exaggerated. But you know, they're they they have the the billions of dollars. It's crazy how. Again, that whole thing with shutting down these little guys from investing in this, I, I can't imagine that being legal at all. You know what I mean? Like Robinhood yeah. deciding, like the Robinhood app, which is in charge of, well, it, it allows people to invest. For it to not allow people, like independent investors to invest while these hedge funds are been, have been manipulating the stock market for years is just... It seems bonkers to me, and I'm uh, I'm glad that uh, some of the legislators in the United States, like some of the leaders of like the Senate, as an example, like they're they're gonna actually maybe make moves to stop things from like like this from happening because it's just yeah. ridiculous. Dude, the irony of a company called Robinhood doing that is is just unbelievable. That's <laughs> what I was thinking too when I heard that. I'm like, wait, are you joking? You're called Robinhood. What what are you yeah. thinking? ridiculous yeah this was we're gonna just give more money to the rich that's our that's our motto yeah the funny the the funny part about this as well is that it's i don't think this this is one of the the biggest things that have united you know just the general population and just people in general like uh you know democratic senator aoc on the same side as fucking ben shapiro you know what i mean like like 
it, it's it's pretty wild to see, and I think most people tend to agree that this is a really fucked up situation. Like what what the these hedge fund man, managers are trying to do, and and these companies like Robinhood are doing. Uh, it's it, it's it's really messed up. I don't know. It's kind of cool to see everyone coming together, and it goes to show that there is strength in numbers. If people stick together, you can actually make change. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Anyways, the final movie that's coming out is a movie called The, the Right One. This was both confirmed by the trailer and Movie Insider. This is coming out on video on demand. And then, uh, oddly enough, having a Blu-ray release on the 9th. Just thought I'd mention that because I'm not going to mention this movie again. Uh, this is about a writer who's facing writer's block, uh, who meets an eccentric man who she begins to use as inspiration for her writing. And as she falls for the guy, he figures out what she's doing and leaves her in what's labeled as a hilarious rom-com. Did you just tell me the entire plot of the movie? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming I'm sure you watched this in the trailer or like, yeah. how did you, okay. I thought, I thought I was wondering, did you get that information from somewhere? Did you make it up or did you get it from the like trailer or was it a description that you paraphrased? Like what's going on here? No, I watched the trailer. It doesn't look great. Okay. They're going to end up together again. Like at the end of the movie, they get back together. That typical, typical story. Anyways, who cares? That's it. That's it for the movies. That's all the new releases I got for you. Incredible. Thank you for your legwork. That's a lot of movies. That's a lot of movies releasing this week. Damn. I know, man. There's too many. It's cray cray. It's yeah. crazy cupcakes over here. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, uh, that's it. That's it for the content on episode 31. That's it. 31. I know. We did it. Episode 31. Yep. 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 Do you got anything else to add there, Adrian? You have anything else? Any other meals that you got prepped for the future? Anything else you want to talk about? Just, you know. And the show as the show began, you know, talk about the meals maybe for the next month or, or no, year. I, I got nothing really planned for the next month. I, I'm going back to work, so I don't know if I'm going to have much time to make any sort of ex- extravagant uh, dinners. But if I do, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you. It was, it was fun. Uh, it was fun. I, I honestly made this menu like just before I had my little vacation, and I'm glad I just stuck to it. Like every single day, I made exactly what I said I was going to make, and it all turned out really great. And I'm happy about that. I would highly recommend everyone take a week off of work if you aren't already taking a week off of work and create a menu, go to the grocery store, buy everything you need for it, and then make it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's fun. Cooking is fun. The one thing uh, I would like to add, just so that uh, we don't seem tone deaf, um, many people might be out of a job right now. And uh, if you can't afford to, you know... (laughs) Take a week off. Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I seem like a total asshole. That I, that worked really well. Eh? You just uh, you just you laid your own trap, and I made you fall on it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. That damn man. I feel bad. I know. I know you didn't mean that. So I I I felt like it, if I didn't mention it at all, you you would have just come off as tone deaf because again, a lot of people are. I mean, it's another lockdown here in Ontario. So I feel like a lot of our audience is also in Ontario as well. Ontario and uh, Brazil, um, apparently, and um, and Zimbabwe, believe it or not. Uh, those, those regions specifically, uh, they're, they've got a large, we've got a large fan base for Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Is any of that true? Is any of that true? Are we the second most watched podcast in New Zealand? Um, you tell me, you tell me, um, otherwise, uh, 
I mean, I appreciate you, Adrian. Thank you for watching. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for talking to me for this uh, full hour and you know some odd minutes. I uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you for having me on the show today. <laughs> what? You're the co-host. Oh, you're on the show every week. Oh you yeah, weirdo. But yeah, you can obviously subscribe to us, uh, listeners. Uh, we're on every streaming platform available for podcasts, and I'd appreciate it. You, if you could uh, write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com, we will surely feature you on our show. We will. That is mm-hmm. a fact. I don't care what you say. Well, actually, that's not necessarily true. If there's some kind of bigotry there, I, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not gonna talk about what you say on the show. But regardless. I will. You will? I will. I will. Yeah. No, you will not. I'll, do I'll do it. I'll, re- I'll read anything. No, you will not. <laughs> You're just trying to. <laughs> we're going to be the next. We're going to be the next parlor. Yeah. Yeah, they just exactly. run into us and they listen to our show with subliminal messages and they all listen uh, and then they attack the, the capital again. No, you know what, Adrian? I will not stand for it. I will not stand for it. But I thank you for listening to the 31st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey, gang. So we are the number two most popular podcast in New Zealand. And the number two most popular movie in New Zealand, oddly enough, is Batman v Superman, a great movie. Uh, and that's all I have to say for the uh, for the for the night. Have a good night. Take care. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Are you going to say I love you to me this time or no? Yes, not. Okay.